University of Louisville men's head basketball coach Chris Mack back on the sidelines after serving a six-game suspension to start the season as the Cardinals unfortunately lost to the Michigan State Spartans 73-64 on Wednesday evening. We'll talk about everything you need to know about that contest and more on this episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are just around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. Also want to take this time to say thank you for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the show is free on all streaming services, plus YouTube now, five days a week your team every day as i mentioned unfortunately the cardinals back in the losing column this time to the michigan state spartans up on the road in east lansing 73 to 64 on wednesday evening we're going to talk about everything you need to know from that loss beginning with the initial takeaways which a lot of them are kind of surrounding shooting michigan state shot the ball extremely well from behind the arc and the early season woes from the perimeter reared its ugly head for the Cardinals. We'll then transfer over into um, you know, into where the Cards need to improve after the first handful of games this season as they look ahead to a somewhat difficult month of December. And then finally, we will end the show on a positive note, looking at some of the positive takeaways that the team has shown through the first handful of games. Before we get into that, um, for those who are not aware of who I am, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. Uh, I am a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. Also, do some various PA announcing work for the university. You can follow my Twitter handle in the graphic below. I can't even point to it. There you go. In the graphic below and uh, the Locked On Louisville podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into the analysis of this loss that um you know when i predicted it and actually jeremy wallman as well if you listen or watch the um the episode yesterday which was um you know one that saw both of us predict the spartans to win i I made a comment that whoever the home team was in this matchup i felt was going to win and um you know in the case of the past couple seasons when the when these teams have played in the regular season that was pretty much just the uh, trend that popped up once again. When you look, statistically speaking, I mentioned the shooting aspect of it, and um, the two teams really couldn't have been any more different on the ends of the spectrum. The Spartans shot better than they you know, are usually shooting in the this part this early in the season. Um, 55.6% from behind the arc. They were 10 of 18 from three-point land. The Cardinals, however, just 7 for 27, 29, or I'm sorry, 25 point nine percent um from the perimeter and that that's something that it's been kind of a recurring issue and a lot of the recurring issues for Louisville kind of popped up in this game the questionable shot selection um turnovers the Cardinals had 16 turnovers now Michigan State did turn the ball over more they had 19 
but it didn't help the Cardinals' case. And this was a game which Louisville trailed by 20 points. You have to credit the fact that they fought back. One of the things we'll talk about in the positive section of this is the fact that despite sometimes the offense going absolutely ice cold, it seems like there's no drop-off in the effort and the intensity on both ends of the court. Um, but something has to happen with this perimeter shooting. Um, you know, simply put, these were some issues of last season. And now, you know, you add a lot of guys who last season at other places shot over 40% from behind the arc coming into this season, not necessarily shooting the ball all that well. Um, Noah Locke, Matt Cross, Jared West, et cetera. I think West is probably shooting the best out of the newcomers. But, um, you know, overall, I, I don't think that this is a loss to overreact to. Um, I, I'm not one for moral victories. I'm going to go ahead and say that now. Um, I think that there's a difference in, in claiming moral victories and finding some positive takeaways you know, in a loss. And, and there's, a very, there's a very fine line. So sometimes it's, it's hard to distinguish the difference between the two. But um, it's just kind of how you approach it. I'm not um, – because at the end of the day – what gets you in the tournament is your resume. They don't look into moral victories. Um, they're not going to look at this game and be like, well, if they did a couple did a couple things differently, they may have beaten Michigan State. The, the committee is not looking at that. They're looking at wins and losses. They're looking at results. You, know, you can play the shoulda, coulda, woulda game all you want, but at the end of the day, it is not going to help. No one is the wiser. So, um, like I said, not into moral victory, so a loss is a loss. You never like to um, – you, know, you never like to lose, obviously. I'm not going to positively spin this loss, but uh, you know it is early in the season. It is Game 7. You played a ranked team on the road, a team that has been battle-tested. I mean, you look at the two losses that Michigan State has had. Uh, first one comes in the season opener to number to then number 3 Kansas, and they lost last week on um, Thanksgiving week um, to number 6 Baylor. So the losses that they've you know encountered haven't necessarily been to teams that they have been better than, and then you look at their wins. They beat a ranked UConn team. They beat a very underrated and good Loyola Chicago team. You know, etc. Michigan State is for real. I think that they're one of the better teams, you know, top five teams in the Big Ten. It was a good test for the Cardinals. Um, you know, it, just simply put, the offense struggled for the most part outside of L. Ellis, who had kind of like a, you know, sort of a breakout game, and not really sort of a breakout game. He had 22 points, led the Cardinals in scoring. Uh, Dre Davis continued his good form. He was in double figures. Uh, he looked more comfortable in his role, continuing to you know, utilize his strengths around the basket and uh, attacking the glass. But then you had guys like Noah Locke, who um, you know had zero points in this game. And, and uh, that that's something that just can't happen if you're trying to knock off a top 25 team um, on the road, Jared West, eight points. Um, Malik Williams, 10 points. Jalen Withers, just three for six from the field. Um, then you look at the bench. Uh, outside of L. Ellis, um, only two points came from the Cardinal bench. That was Matt Cross, and he went one for seven. You know, Mason Faulkner, 0 for 1. Sam Williamson played seven minutes, 0 for 1. Roosevelt Wheeler, 0 for 1. So it, I think that some of this is, you know, you can't necessarily look too much into it because context-wise, you know, Chris Mack, this is his first game back, trying some different lineups. You know, this this is him seeing 
the team in action, you know, as the head coach. So, you know, there's likely going to be some growing pains. And, you know, through the month of December, you're looking to play your best ball in the latter half of the conference, um, you know, slate and late January, February, heading into early March. So you can't necessarily overreact to this game. And I don't think, you know, the general consensus is just that. I think the Louisville fan base knows, hey, it's hard to win up in East Lansing. We've seen that time and time again, no matter how good the cards have been. You know, Michigan State is a good squad. They, you know, rebound the ball extremely well. Came into this game top 25 in rebounding margin um, in terms of this contest in general. I think that the uh, Michigan State actually out-rebounded the cards by six, but the cards had more offensive rebounds. A key statistic, and I'm not one to blame the officials, but it's a nine-point game, right? Well, free throw-wise, Michigan State doubled Louisville's free throw totals, 23 for the Spartans, just 11 for the Cardinals. Um, like I said, I'm not one to um, be in the shoulda, coulda, woulda category. It is a loss, but um, you know, you, th- these top teams do get favorable whistles at home. I'm not blaming the loss on officiating, but double free throws, um, you know, nine points. It is what it is. Michigan State did lead this game by 20. I think this contest started going downhill. Uh, it was 32 to 28. In the late in the first half, Michigan State ended, um, you know, on a 4-0 run. After that point, went up by eight, and then kind of, um, you know, increased the lead. Louisville ended up fighting back, you know, behind L. Ellis, scoring 16 points in the second half. Uh, that is a big positive to take away from this game. Uh, but um, you know, th- there's definitely more to improve on that we've seen. We have a decent little sample size from the first uh, month. Uh, in, in a game, I, I guess you could say, on the 1st of December. Before we talk about those improvements of what needs to happen for the cards moving forward, I want to talk about the title sponsor of the show in Omaha Steaks. I'm not sure about your family, but for, for mine, the past couple of years, we've been getting our meats from Omaha Steaks um, for the holiday season, and it has been a great decision that has paid off. And the perfect gift in the holiday season can kind of be tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy, however, to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the word college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. We've heard all the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieving... Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com with the keyword of college. So, moving along, kind of um, making some, uh, you know, drawing some things over into the overall, um, you know, within the first seven games or so for the cards. I, I, I still think it's kind of early to, you know, have some legitimate concrete takeaways from where the team is at, especially considering that Chris Mack, this is his first game back. But I think that it's a sample size that we've seen this team enough to kind of see what needs to happen. Um, you know, there's been some recurring issues throughout the first seven games, even in wins. Um, you know, we've seen some some things that Louisville needs to work on. I think it begins um, with, first of all, perimeter shooting and taking care of the ball. It all starts with that. We mentioned the fact that Louisville made it an emphasis over the offseason to bring more shooters into the program. And, um, 
you know, it's seemingly, you know, all reports in practice preseason is that, you know, it's going to be a better pre, you know, going to be a better perimeter shooting team, but through the first seven games, and keep in mind, I think you have to uh, take everything with a grain of salt because it is not even midway through December. It's the, the second day of December. So you, you never want to judge a book by the first chapter of it. So I think that uh, to I think that the the verdict is still out, so to speak. You know, you but but th- these games matter. You know, as you'll see, you know, when come tournament time, bad losses and quality wins can really separate a team on the bubble. We saw that last year, and Louisville was the odd team out, the the first team left out. So to avoid uh, another situation like that, obviously you have to handle business and conference play respectively. But also these games in December, because it is a it's a tough challenge in, in December for the Cards. I mean, they are going to be battle tested. They just played Michigan State. They have DePaul coming up. NC State is Saturday. We'll talk about that matchup tomorrow. Uh, they still have Kentucky. Western Kentucky is no slouch, and then they'll end the month with another ACC opponent in Wake Forest to get the conference like kicked off. So, I mean, you have to, um, you know, two things can be true at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. You know, nothing is ever black and white, so to speak. I think most of everything is in the gray area to where you can accept the fact that, hey, this is nowhere near a finished product. This team is continuing to get better, even in the losses, you know, even in the loss to Michigan State, there are some positives to take away, and we'll, you know, we'll discuss those when, you know, the time comes in the next segment. But there have been some issues that have held the cards back from reaching their full potential through the first seven games that have happened in almost every one of them. Um, bad shooting, like we mentioned, I think that shot selection contributes that as, to that as well. Um, in the instances where Louisville has the stretch, the stretches in the games where they go absolutely ice cold, and I mean like don't score a bucket, can't buy one in you know three, four, five minutes plus. We saw against Maryland. We saw it against Furman in that loss. We saw it last night against Michigan State, etc. And I think that can be, um, you know, due to a couple contributing factors. Number one, just being bad shot selection. I think that Louisville tries to force the gun on a couple things. I think that, um, you know, it's just a matter of knocking down shots and executing. I know that that's kind of lazy in terms of analysis, but uh, it really pertains to this Louisville team considering the fact that this was a a team that did not shoot the ball well last year um, and you literally made it an emphasis Chris Mack made it an emphasis and brought in a bunch of guys that succeeded at shooting the ball last year and shots just aren't falling right now and you know part of that may be just shaking off rust and trying to find what works and trying to learn how to gain chemistry and I think that some of these shot selection issues some of these um, you know, shots not falling can be alleviated in certain ways with you know, chemistry issues being resolved. And I think as the team continues throughout the season, as Chris Mack finds out which rotations work, those chemistry issues are going to be worked through. Uh, but careless turnovers are not a, by- a byproduct of bad rotations. That's just being careless with the basketball. Too many times this season, I want to say pretty much every single game this season, I've come away thinking yeah, Louisville just needs to be more careful with the basketball, sometimes in transition, uh, making the right decisions. Sometimes they will try to um, you know, do too much as individuals or they're just making bad decisions on passes. 
Louisville did have 16 turnovers last night against Michigan State, and that's something that contributed to the loss, despite the fact that the Spartans had 19. They're going through somewhat of the same issue in the fact that they're having troubles taking care of the basketball as well. But um, for this Cardinal team, respectively, it, you know, taking care of the ball can help those offensive issues as well. Um, there's been, you know, this phenomenon of having a number one score. You know, you lose Carly Jones last year, who's obviously your number one option. He won you a handful of games last year, being that number one option in crunch time. Um, I'm not sure that this team has a number one score. I know that Noah Locke has those qualities, and there are games where he can have over 20 points. But through the first seven games, I'm less confident that there's a number one score. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's going to doom the Cardinals. However, while saying that, it then becomes obvious that you have to accept the fact that if you don't have a number one score, that means that you have a balanced scoring response. You know, you have balanced scoring responsibilities across the rotation, and it puts more responsibility on guys to step up. You know, you you can have Coley Jones go for 20, 25 points on a, on a given night and have a guy like David Johnson and company, you know, adding to it. Um, you know, for Louisville now, more guys have to step up because you don't have that number one scoring option. We saw it tonight. Noah Locke went 0 for 7 from the field. He didn't necessarily play well against Mississippi State. I think he only had like four points or so in, in, the, in the first half. I don't think he really did too much in that game. And then against Maryland, uh, he had his moments, but he's struggled to shoot the ball uh, in, in certain parts of games this season. Has really you know, yet to turn in a solid performance in that realm. If you don't have a number one score, you're going to have to get guys to step up throughout the season and hold some of the, you know, bear some of the weight and burden that is on scoring. Let me run through the box score and show you why this performance offensively was concerning for the Cardinals. Uh, here's a couple of them. Dre, Dre Davis played very solid. L. Ellis played very solid. These two guys are exempt. Malik Williams, you know what you're getting from him. He had 10 and 8. Uh, he's he's kind of um off, you know, of this discussion as well. Noah Locke, 0 for 7, 0 points. Jared West, 2 for 6, 8 points. Jalen Withers, who a guy who's supposed to be, you know, one of the players that could end up possibly in the NBA draft next year. He struggled early on this season. Three for six, seven points, 0 for three from behind the arc. Two points from the bench. Sam Williamson played very good last weekend, or last weekend in the Bahamas. 0 for one, zero points. Matt Cross, very good shooter. One for seven, 0 for five from deep, two points. Roosevelt Wheeler, 0 for one, zero points. Uh, Mason Faulkner, 0 for 1, 0 points. So you see what I'm getting at, and you know you can kind of take this uh, in, in, in a couple different ways. It is just one game, um, but it, it goes to show you that you know w with a team that doesn't necessarily having an, a number one scoring option, you have to have more than just one, two, maybe even three guys step up. Dre Davis and L. Ellis played really well. Outside of that, the Cardinals really lacked um, you know offensive production. So Going to look forward to seeing how the rotations are able to fill out as the month goes along. But now we're going to end the show on a positive note, talking about the positive takeaways uh, that we saw, maybe not necessarily in the Michigan State game individually, but from this past week and the season as a whole. Excuse me. Before we get into that, I want to talk about our friends at Bet Online. Excuse me. 
Bet Online has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop. Oh, what is that? Okay, sorry, something going on with the computer. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code Locked On From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. So we're into the final segment of the episode. I want to end the episode on a, on a little bit of a positive note because, yes, we're talking about improvements. We're talking about what has been going wrong for the Cardinals. But if you've watched the team in the past seven days on the calendar, they have shown a lot of life and shown a lot of things um, that you can take positively away. Number one, I am very excited for the fact that this team, despite maybe not shooting the ball well, hustle and energy has has not been an issue through the last three games and you know, for most part of the season so far. Uh, you, you see guys crashing the boards more often now. Um, there are guys that you know play in intensive defense. I mean, Jared West has been, I would say, you know, probably the leader of the team outside of Malik Williams on the court. And he has been very solid on-ball defense and just leading the team overall. Guys have been moving without the ball. Um, just overall, the intensity factor, you, you don't have to worry about the intangibles with this team. This is a team that is very gritty, very blue-collar in essence. They work for everything. They work hard. They play hard. Um, that was a good song, by the way. can't believe that. that. Man, that song has to be. You know, work hard, play hard, Wiz Khalifa. That has to be over 10 years old. Shows me, feels like I'm getting old at the ripe age of 23, but I digress. Um, back to back to the Cardinals, so to speak. Um, the energy aspect of it, uh, we haven't necessarily seen a toll in that even when the shots haven't been falling, the guys are still working hard to get them. Just a matter, I think, of getting the rotations right. Um, we've seen certain guys play very well. I'm, I'm impressed with what we're seeing from Jared West, especially against Maryland down the stretch. Uh, I, I kind of had my doubts and my skepticisms about what his role would be this season, uh, but it turns out um, L. Ellis and Jared West both offer very polarizingly different skill sets that create a, a, a beautiful mesh on, on the court and uh, serve different purposes for the cards. I love the fact that Jared West can be a floor general. L. Ellis had a breakout game against Michigan State. The talent is there. I think it's just a matter of adjusting to the speed of um, high-level Division One basketball and just you know getting to know your teammates. I think when that um, you know the chemistry aspect you know gets a little bit better, you're going to see L. Ellis become more of a facilitator, which he which we saw at Tallahassee Community College. Um, another thing. Early on in the season, I, I will admit I was very critical of Dre Davis through the first three games. Since the game against Detroit Mercy a couple weeks ago, he has been phenomenal, uh, playing into his strengths, knowing his role, which is a slasher that plays around the rim. You know, he's a guy that whatever he gives you from the mid range behind the arc is icing on the cake. Very intense player on both ends of the court. Crashes the boards extremely well for his 6'5 frame, especially offensive board-wise, and finishes well around the rim. So him learning his niche and um, 
you know, just playing to his strengths is something that the Cards need. Uh, Samuel Williamson has shown stretches of that as well. Malik Williams, although he's not going to be a guy that averages 15 points per game, he's doing all the little things for the Cards. I love when he gets the ball uh, out on the elbow and is able to turn and face the basket, and um, you'll be a facilitator as a big man. That is such a valuable thing to have, especially in the college game. But overall, um, you see you know, the makings of a team that can make a run in March. Obviously, some things need to happen. You know, we talked about the improvements that we need to see. But overall, I, I think that I'm not necessarily worried about this team. I'm, I'm worried about when they're going to put it together because you have to, you know, string together some wins in this month. But when it comes conference play, I think that Louisville is going to be better than some people think. Uh, they're a deep team. Once they can find out the rotation aspect of things, um, you know, there's so much of my possible concerns get wiped away um, due to the fact that the cards try extremely hard on both ends of the court. Uh, I think that that intense defense and um, kind of we'll see how refined the offense is um, in essence with um, Ross McMahon's on staff, but overall. I just don't think it's time to panic. I mean, obviously not. The team's 5-2. and two. Sure, Furman is probably a bad loss, but you lost at Michigan State. We're going to talk tomorrow about why NC State isn't necessarily a must-win, but, in, I mean, it's pretty close to it um, when you look context-wise. But at, at the end of the day, I, I think that there's been some good individual performances. Guys are starting to shake the rust off a little bit. Uh, they've shown that they can shoot the ball well. Um, it's just a matter of getting over the early season rust and um, getting some rotational aspect of things. But we're starting to figure some things out. The team is more, becoming more comfortable playing with each other, just a matter of uh, improving in some key aspects of the game. But a lot of positive stuff to take away from the first uh, part of this season. Um, you know, as, as much as we um, conducted some review of the Michigan State game. We're going to start with some preview of NC State uh, tomorrow. Also, we'll review the Louisville-Michigan basket, women's basketball game, top 15 matchup at the KFC Yum Center tonight. You know, if you have um, you know, any time, go check out the cards. Um, they play tonight um, against the Michigan Wolverines. Um, but that's going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show. I uh, want to give a couple quick shout outs first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can find that most recent episode at cardinalsportszone.com and then the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to um, get your podcast. That's going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day and most definitely go cards.